You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. One of the things I just love is the fact that this is a growing church. This is a growing church. And you look at all the data, you look at all the stuff that comes out in the recent um, you know, um, government information that says that church is declining. Not here it ain't. This church is growing because this church has a purpose. God's put this church here for a reason. Yeah? And that reason is to see Ross and the regions beyond come to know Jesus Christ. That's why it's here. Okay? And um, we're talking about uh, we're looking at this new, well, this series uh, about preparing for revival. And um, yeah, as, as Karis said, we're not exactly going in the right order, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, you've already heard, th- I think, three um, uh, sermons on, on this particular scripture. Um, and we're doing this across all of our sites because we believe as a, an eldership team that. This is something that God is really calling us to. Yeah, you know, we didn't just suddenly go, oh, this wouldn't it be a good idea if. No, this is not our idea. This is God's idea. This is what God has called us to do. So I'm just going to remind ourselves of the, of the verse. Oh, gosh. Is it telling me? Oh. I've never done that before. I've got to be really careful what I say now. Is it automatic? Is it actually recorded as well? Oh, good. <laughs> so if we can go on to the um, two Chronicles verse. Yeah, so if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I want to give us some context to this verse in terms of why this verse and why now. And you've probably heard it from the other guys who've shared already. But I, want to, I just want to sort of remind ourselves of the context. So last year, um, a number of words came to the church. And I say the church. I'm talking about the church of Herefordshire. I'm not just talking about the church in Hereford. Okay, I'm talking about the church of Herefordshire because many churches heard this word. And... Um, One of the words that came in particular was a word that came from a guy called Mark DuPont. Now, Mark DuPont, just sort of a bit of a track record thing going on here. Mark DuPont was the guy, apparently, who um, foresaw and spoke about the Toronto blessing before the Toronto blessing. He was the one that said, okay. So he's got a bit of a track record of getting it right. So when he says, Hereford is pregnant with revival, then we listen. You know, he's not fallible, but we listen and we weigh. And that's what we've done. We've listened and we've weighed. And we really believe that, you know, this is a word in season that we need to lay hold of as a church, as a group of churches. Okay? And... As I said, it's not just for Hereford. 
many revivals, if you've studied any of the sort of main big revivals, the Welsh revival in Scotland and other places, even in America, you find a lot of the revivals started off in small places. They weren't in big cities necessarily. They were in, you know, often in small towns. Well, why can't it start in Ross? Why can't it? Why can't it start in Lempster? Why can't it start in Ledbury? Yeah, you know, as we've you know often heard, you know, what 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 good what will what good will come out of Nazareth, Bethlehem? Well, we know what came out of there. So let's change our thinking. God can do it here. Amen. So the church is pregnant with revival. Well, the thing about pregnancy is they think, oh, great. You know, if, if you've ever uh, either had a baby or you're, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a father who's had a baby or expecting a baby, that news, I'm pregnant. I'm ex- oh, wow. There's an expectation, isn't there? Something to come. Okay, and that's great. And we need to be expectant. Yeah, we need to be expectant. And we need to also, however, get ourselves ready. We need to position ourselves. We need to put ourselves in a place so that the pregnancy, the birth that results, will take place. And that's our part. That's what we're here for. Okay? We are the body. You know, we're called a body for a reason. Well, it's the body that's pregnant. You notice that happens? It's the body that is pregnant. And therefore, it's the body that has to position itself for the birth. That's you and me. That's you and me. And that's why we are looking at this verse. Because we believe this verse gives us the keys to how we, the body, position ourselves ready for revival. Okay? But I'm just looking at the very, very beginning of this. You've heard, I don't know, I can't remember which ones you've already listened to and heard, but each one you listen to and each one you've heard is a key to how we position ourselves. It's a key to what we need to do, how we need to respond. Not just now, oh, we'll do it this week and that'll be the end of that. Let's move on to something else. This is something we need to do. We need to change and position ourselves and our hearts and our lives constantly to this place. So I'm just looking at the very, literally the first few words. So if you go, if my people who are called by my name. If you go to the next one on there. Yeah, go. I'm just doing that bit. If my people who are called by my name. Okay. So, don't know, some of you will know that um, I've recently retired from being a secondary school teacher, and some of you may not know. But I was a secondary school teacher, and um, one of the things I taught uh, was computer science. And the thing about computer science is one of the things I had to teach was about programming. I don't know if any of you are programmers or know a bit about programming and that sort of thing. But when you look at uh, the Bible, you find out that actually God is a computer programmer. 
true. <laughs> Says somebody who goes, I don't know how to use this. He is a computer programmer. Well, what am I talking about? Well, if you go to the next one. If, my people, then, if, then. Now, in computer speak, that is called a conditional if statement. There you go. Who knew that? Oh, all right, it's clever clogs, well done. Top of the class. If, then, if you do this, then something will happen. However, if you don't do this, something else will happen. And it's a way of helping computers to um, make decisions. So they know what to do, all right? They can only do what they're told to do. They can only decide based on what comes in, okay? If, then. There are 1,000, around about 1,600 if-then conditional statements in the Bible. Hey, how many of them do we look at? Okay. If my people who are called by my name. You see, the if is our responsibility. That's the bit we've got to do. If. Well, if what? The then is God's responsibility. Now, sometimes what we try and do is the then without doing the if. We try and save people, or we can't. But if I humble myself and pray, and he, then God does his bit. Now, I, I, I talked about this the other day with Tim, uh, who's our lead elder, and... Um, he said, oh, yeah, but he said, it's all about grace. And um, I don't know if he's, has he preached here yet? He has. And because he, he said, oh, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing the if then, because he, he then comes in and goes, yeah, but it's about grace. It's not about what we do. It's God's grace. I think, well, yes, it's true. But the context of when this was originally said was said by God to Israel, who by then were already a people out of slavery. They were already a people redeemed. So the if-then is not about do this in order for you to be saved. Okay? We are saved by grace. But the if-then is we're now in partnership with God. There's a part for us to play. It's different, okay? God isn't into legalism, but he's into partnership. Okay, as we will see as we go through, as we look at this. So, if, if you think, if you call yourself a Christian, put your hand up, a follower of Christ, if you're not sure. Okay. So, everyone who's put their hand up this morning, this applies to you. This applies to you, not just the person next to you, but to you. Okay. Well, why does it apply to you? Because this statement is specifically aimed at you and me. Because it says, if, who? Who? Who is it, who is it saying, if, who? My people. Say it again, if. Okay, if my people. You see, in 1 Peter 2, the next one, 1 Peter 2, it says, you are. A chosen people, 
You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. If my people, well, that refers to you and to me. Now, the thing about being God's people is that we get a lot of amazing benefits. Amen. Grace, joy, peace, righteousness, healing, love, hope. Come on. We get all these amazing things. But the thing about being God's people is that what we are not part of is an exclusive club. Now, Leslie and I, when we both retired, one of the things we decided to do was to join our local health spa. As you do. And it's very enjoyable. But when we go there, you know, we've paid our fee. We have certain expectations of the spa, of the club. We're members. So we have expectations of them on us. The way we're treated, the facilities they offer what we can do when we're there. There are expectations that we have of the club that we are part of. And if you're, if you're part of a club, you have the same thing, don't you? Whether it's a running club, whether it's a whatever club it happens to be. There are expectations that we have as members of that particular club or organization. The thing is, we're not part of a club. Christian, Christianity, church, is not an exclusive club. Although sometimes, I'm afraid, we treat it like one, don't we? Come on, Lord. What, what, my expectations are prosperity, good life, nothing's going to go wrong. That's my expectation of being part of the club. But actually, we're not part of a club, we're part of a family. We are adopted into a family. We're not members of a club. Okay? And so that has to change the way we think and the way we react, the way we respond to God. Okay? Because he is the head of the family. Yeah, he's, the, he's number one. You see, we're part of the family business now. The day we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we became part of the business. You see, Jesus was part of the family business. In a way, that's what he was doing on earth. He was carrying out his father's business. And that's what we're called to do as well, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to do the same thing. We carry the name of God. Okay? Over um, <clears throat> recent um, weeks, Leslie and I have been watching a, um, a, a series on um, TV about a family, a ranching family in Montana. Uh, it was Kevin Cosner. And um, he is the head of the family. He is the, and he's got three children. I mean, it could be four children. He had four children one of whom was adopted. 
And he had very high standards for his children. They had to behave and do things in a certain way. He had expectations on them because they carried his name. Whether they did something that was good or bad, it reflected on the family name. Okay, and a lot of this is all about what they did and everything else. Even the adopted child. And what we do reflects on our father's name. We've had the stories of Harry and Meghan and all this going on and mudslinging and all this stuff. And you think, and all the commentators say, but look at what they're doing. It reflects on the name of Windsor. It reflects on the king. What we do as children of God matters. How we respond matters. If my people who are called by my name. You see, we are adopted and therefore we have a new identity and a new family name. Yeah? If we go to the next one. Oh, this one, okay. Come back to that, go to the next one. You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. When we were adopted, when we were, became Christians, when we became part of the family, we took on his name. We took on his name. We couldn't do it before that. But now, in a sense, legally, we are his family. Yeah? And so we are therefore, um, in a sense, our responsibility is to do what the father of the family asks us to do. So that's why I think it's so important we recognize that we have to respond. We can't just say, oh, no, 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 I'm quite happy doing what I do, thank you. The father is calling. The father is calling. And we need to respond. This is a call for us as God's children to act. For each of us to respond in order to bring healing and revival to Herefordshire. Do we want that? Do we want that? Do we want to see Ross changed? Do we want to see Herefordshire changed? There's a promise, if then. But there is a condition. Now, God can move sovereignly. Let's not, you know, forget the fact that if he wants to, he could do it himself without us, can't he? Yeah, he can choose to do it. He say, right, I'll, I'll do it. But he's not decided, that's not the way he's done it. He's decided to work with us. Now, I don't know why he would decide to work with me. Because I get things wrong. Yeah? You know, I'm not perfect. Why he decided to work with you, I have no idea. But he does. Because he knows each one of you by name. 
And he's called you and me to work with him, co-workers. To work with him to see our land healed, to see our um, communities changed. He's chosen to do it that way. sure we all want to see you know we want to see these these seats full amen not not just of christians moving from church to church but new christians we want to see salvation in this place yeah we want to see our schools changed we want to see god in the center of our schools we want to see god in the center of our local communities god in the center of our local government and our national government oh boy do they need it I was, um, we're part of a thing called Jubilee Plus, and um, I received uh, a post. On Facebook, and um, so this Jubilee Plus, and what it had on here was the top stories on the BBC. Three top stories in the BBC currently. Shell reports highest profits in 115 years. Bank of England set to raise interest rates when it has. British Gas admits agents breaking into vulnerable homes. Great. Good news, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not, is it? And they've said here, and the Jubilee Plus is a, is a, um, a church organisation that is looking to change communities how we as our as local church can impact our communities how we can do something about this and it says the top stories displayed on the bbc website this morning should prompt us to cry out for mercy and justice in our nation god's saying the same thing god's saying the same thing if my people who are called by my name Nikki, this morning when she was doing the um, communion, she said that we've got choices, two paths that we can take. And we always have choices, don't we? God never makes us go one down one path or another. We always have choices. And it says this in Deuteronomy. Go to the next one. Today I have given you the choice between life and death. Choose life. Choose life. Why? So that you and your descendants might live. We have a choice of how we respond to what God is asking us to do. You always have a choice. If then. So it's down to us making a personal decision to do something about it. And another thing that the uh, this the key, we were at um, this Jubilee Plus conference not so long ago uh, online, as things are these days, and um, the keynote speaker. One of the things she said was that in order to um, see revival in our communities, there has to be a personal revival in us first. 
You see, we're the ones that have to humble ourselves. We're the ones that have to position ourselves. We're the ones that have to pray and seek his face. We're the ones that have to ask for forgiveness. That's our job. And when we do that, God responds. God responds. So there is a there is a personal revival that needs to take place. There is a you know there is something that I believe God wants to needs to do in each one of us as a response. Because when I humble myself, when I pray, when I seek God's face, when I do these things, when I ask him to forgive me, something changes in here. And you know what happens then is when you go to work the following day or when you go to your um, university or to your college or you go to your school or you go to your, wherever it is you go to, the playgroup with your children, the school gates, wherever it is you happen to be, the spa. What people see is how you've positioned yourself. And then they go, do you know what? You've got something I need. And I go, yeah. Let me tell you where I can get it from. Our personal revival points people to Jesus. So it's really important that we we have revival, that, that we have some revive life, life of God in us on a regular basis, all the time. That's why this is a personal call. We are not a generic people. We are the children of God, called by name. And so the question this morning is, am I going to respond? Am I going to position myself? So I believe, and I've tried to keep as much time, I don't know how much time we've got, but as much time as I can to respond this morning. I believe we need to respond. We can, we can, and, and, I, and I know from these guys, and I know from when you've, we've come to various things, you know, you guys are a very, I, I believe you are a very responsive church to the Holy Spirit. Yeah? I've seen it in you. I know these guys are. I know these guys, you know, keep leave, leave room for the Spirit to do something. And so I want us to respond to what the Spirit is doing this morning. And I've done this. This is my third time I've done this. This is the first time I've done this, which I'm going to do now. I just believe God put this on my heart. I was sort of, in a sense, praying about it for today. <laughs> and it came, I was, because Andrew was you know, sharing last week at Hereford. He was great. He was great. Really anointed. Fantastic word. And um, he was, I was going, and he was really, really, and I said, that's my bit, don't do that, no, 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 can't do it, I'm doing that next, no. So, I mean, he preached my whole preach, that's all right. But he said, I didn't do that in Ross at the house. But one, I was, I was, and often as I do it, I say, Lord, is there anything for me that I can take from this that uses it in, in the future, for next week, maybe? And, and he went, yeah, I've got one. And I went, oh, Yes. The Valley of Dry Bones. So I opened it up, wrote it down on my, on my, on my phone. Within about 10 seconds of me opening it up and writing it down, 
Valley of Dry Bones. I said, no! And I think I actually said it a little bit loud because everyone heard me. <laughs> I thought, maybe that was confirmation. Confirmation of what God wants to do with us this morning. Okay? Um, how we can respond. So I'm going to read the verse um, from the Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37. It's the Valley of Dry Bones. But what I want us to lay hold of is... What does that mean for me? Now, it could mean you are, you know, are you, do you feel dry? I mean, we always, often, you know, we, there's always more we can have. Is there not? Yeah. And, you know, do we feel like a dry bone or is there the need? You know, do we have life? Because God wants to put new life and he wants to put more life. You know, um, last week, <laughs> Andrew said to some of them, you know, come up, you know, if you want to pray for this, that and the other. Very little response. I thought, yeah. So I got up there and said, come on, guys. Do you know what? If you've got everything, there's always more. There's always more we can have. God isn't afraid to only give, I'll give you a certain amount. You can't cope with any more than that. He'll keep giving because he gave everything. Question is, are we able and wanting to receive everything? So, value the dry bones. Is this you? And if so, what can we do about it? So it says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Is that you this morning? You feel just dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? You know, there's always hope. And often I ask, you know, sometimes you may be in a position and think, I'll never be the same as I was when I was first became a Christian. I'll never get that joy back that I had before. I'll never get that faith that I had before. Can these bones become living people again? And he says, oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. It's revival. This is a passage about revival. These were people who once were alive and were now, and are now dead, and God is bringing new life. Revival, personal revival. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in. You see, you can sit here and think, oh, I'm part of a body. I come every week. I go to home group. I feel attached. You might feel attached, but do you feel alive? God wants you to feel alive. So he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, 
This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. Is that what we want? Is the breath of God to come? To fill us afresh? Fan that flame? All-consuming fire? So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life, stood up on their feet. A great army. Do you believe you are a great army? Do you believe it? Because that's who you are. That's who I am. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. Well, the people of Israel then were the people of God, called by his name. Well, in a sense, it's moved on. We are now the people of God, called by his name. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Our nation is not finished. All hope has not gone. If my people who are called by my name. Can you see where we fit? Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. If my people, oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile, cause you to rise again. Then I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. I just really sense and I really feel that God wants to just revive us again. He just wants to put a fresh anointing in our lives. He wants to revive our faith. He wants to give us fresh faith. Fresh faith to believe for this town, to believe for our communities, for our sons, for our daughters, for our brothers, for our sisters, for our work colleagues, to believe again that we can see God in our schools, in our communities, in our government. To believe again that we can see this land be a land that is for God. As for me and my house, serve the Lord. I can't respond for you, only you can respond for you. This is between you and God. Every one of us, as his children, needs to respond in the way we choose to respond. And this is not about making you do anything, but I hope and pray that what you recognize is God's calling his church. Here, in Hereford, in, Ro in, in Lempster, in Ledbury, every single church, every church is calling, I believe, for his people to be revived again. Revival to come so that revival will come. Amen. Amen.